What's up, everybody? If you are an aspiring collegiate athlete, um, especially a collegiate football player, you want to play college football, you need to tune into this one, take notes. We're bringing on an athlete here out of Idaho who plays for Boise State University. He's a local guy who played for a local high school at Skyview. So if you are wanting to make a collegiate roster, you need to tune into this show. All right. Um, it's going to be an awesome interview. You're going to hear about his story, the the training and everything that he did um, to get himself prepared to play at the next level. And we'll hear about his recruiting story and how it was a little bit unexpected for him and the ups and downs of that journey. And then how he took advantage of the situation that was given to him. And he took it by the horns and, and just went. Um, you're going to hear a lot of stories about his collegiate career. And we'll be talking about some of the athletes that he's played with, played against, some of the life lessons that he's learned, and the insight that he'll give to, you know, the high school athletes that are wanting to play college, things that he wish wishes he would have known. And so we're going to get to know him better on today's episode. But I couldn't be doing this without the help of those around me. And I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor of this episode, which is DeLuca Insurance Group. I'm going to put more information in the description of the podcast, but DeLuca Insurance Group. Thank you for you know supporting the show and and being the sponsor of today's episode. If you guys want, check the description of the podcast. You can go and find out all the information you need to there on their website and uh, hit up the Luca Insurance Group for all of your insurance needs. I appreciate them for their support. It's always awesome to have the support of other businesses, and uh, we're all in this thing together. So I appreciate them, guys. Again, tune in, strap up, get your notepads out, get ready to listen and enjoy this one. This is. The Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost. This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So, whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's good, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show. Uh, man, it's September, and that means football season's upon us. And as you guys know, we're bringing on a, a football player, collegiate football player here from my alma mater, Boise State University. We're going to get to talk to him about his story. I want to give a, um, a quick shout out to everybody who's listened and helped grow this show to where it's at right now. Um, because of all of you guys who have tuned in over the last six and a half years, almost seven years now, we're in 180 countries, all 50 states, and I started in my kitchen. I was a Boise State guy. I graduated in 2017, and I just remember the day, like it was in 2016, when Bob Beeler, voice of the Broncos, came over and was talking to me, and he told me to start recording a show, and I did. Um, and I just got on there, started recording, and here we are almost seven years later uh, in January. It'll be seven years, and we have grown this from just being in my kitchen, talking by myself, to now interviewing sports figures from all over, and uh, it's in 180 countries, all 50 states. Thanks to all you guys. So, if you guys haven't listened before, maybe this is your first time listening because you might know our guest and you want to hear some stuff from him. Hit me with a review on Apple Podcasts. If you guys have an iPhone or an Apple device, all I ask is just hit me with a review that helps the show get out to more people. Every review that comes in really helps out. Or even on Spotify, hit me with a review and it will it will help out. But uh, like I said in the introduction, guys, we're going to be talking to a local product here who is playing football at Boise State University. We're going to get to hear his story. His name's Tyler Crow. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's awesome what you're doing uh, for the community, for high school sports, for collegiate sports. I, I really like what you're doing with the uh, with uh, your show, man. 
Appreciate you, man. Thank yeah. you. I've been following you for a while. And I, and I told you this over that Helix mental performance camp um, that you were at just about a month and a half ago that I've like, I've been following your journey for a while. I know it sounds like a stalker, but I've been following <laughs> your journey for a while. Like I know who you are, like from being a local guy. And it's been really cool to watch you, Tyler, just kind of seeing like the, the work you put in. I even actually for a while there, when I was like active on TikTok, I was following you on TikTok, dude. I was like one of those guys. I was like, dude, I love this guy. He's doing a lot of stuff and it's, it's, it's cool to watch. So Tyler, I want to rewind the clock um, and talk about your football journey, you know, and where it all began. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us, you know, where you're from and when you started actually playing the sport of football. So I'm born and raised. My mom's still in the same house in Caldwell, Idaho. Uh, I was supposed to go to Caldwell High School, but I ended up going to uh, Skyview, as you know. Um, I started playing football, like flag football, like as soon as you could. So whenever that is, like seven or eight years old. My parents didn't let me do like the first year tackle because they just like they wanted me to wait a little bit. I was uh, fifth grade when I started doing tackle and I actually started as a uh, O-lineman just because I was a big, strong kid and I was blocking people up. And then I uh, I think it was like a kick return and they kicked it to me and I took it to the house and then I got moved to running back after that. And <laughs> the rest has been history. Uh, I played both sides of the ball in high school. I played a. Uh, linebacker and running back then i actually got recruited to play a linebacker out of high school that that was like mostly there's a few schools that told me like if you come you can just do whatever you want but like for, for the most part it was uh all uh getting recruited as a linebacker that is interesting to know so it kind of gives me like I, if i flash back in optimist football i was a an offensive tackle i was so bummed about that for the <laughs> first two years and then they moved me back to tight end which is where i wanted to be because i could catch a pass you know like that was my right. my strength was catching but <laughs> so if i would have stuck with it all like through all the whole time you're telling me i could be a college running back potentially if i would have just <laughs> stuck with it right yeah <laughs> changes man <laughs> all good all good running backs start out as offensive linemen that's what i'm hearing here so um cool cool so i want to touch base on the the high school experience so for those who are not from the treasure valley or even from the state of idaho for that matter you know caldwell idaho has a couple of schools like you said there's caldwell high school is one of them there's one called valley view high school that's just down the road as well then there's Nampa High School and there's Columbia now and then there's there's obviously Skyview. They're all within about 10 to 15 miles of each other. Um, and it's all based on where you live and the public schools and so forth. Uh, but how I guess what what made you make the decision to go over to Skyview, Tyler? Um, so actually, uh, my youth baseball coach, Will Barber, what is the principal over at Skyview. And, uh, we, we were, when I, when I was in middle school, you know, we were kind of talking about like football and just like the best thing for me. It, it was pretty much, it was in between like Skyview and Milton pretty much. And, uh, we just decided Will's a really good guy. Love that guy. Known him since I was young. So we decided to go over to Skyview. Skyview's a, a great school for a, a lot of reasons. They got a good academic system there. They've got great athletics as well. So that's where I think you made the right decision. Obviously, I think it's, that's pretty cool that you you went over there. We had a lot of great battles. I was, I mean, I'm I'm old, so you know, I graduated in 2006 from high school. Um, so I remember the the good old Skyview days. I mean, we're talking the Matt Ballinger, uh, Louis Beach days, which our names are far oh, yeah. before your time. I, I'm sure, but I'm sure their names are still still there at some capacity. But um, Skyview was always a great facility. We we didn't like coming out to that part of town so much all the time. I went to Meridian back in the day, okay. but when we go out to Skyview, it was fine. We were like, okay, it's a great facility. Like it was the yeah. nice school out there. Yeah. And I was like, no. yeah, yeah. They, uh, 
it's it's funny they take really good care of the grass i remember uh they used to not let the the soccer games be on the grass and they were kind of in the practice field and then i think it was like my freshman year like someone complained and got it switched but uh bonds i, I don't know if he's still the ad there or not but he, he always did a great job of taking care of the grass i love playing on that field shout out to the ad's that take care of everything like that i just got to give him a yeah. shout out that's I'll, I'll say that right now um having worked in the high school media space Athletic directors all do things a little differently at each school, depending on who they are and what school they go to. Uh, Skyviews, at least if when he was there, was doing it right. So, right. super cool. So, I want to I want to ask you a question about high school athletics. At what point, uh, Tyler, did you know that you were going to be able to play at the next level, or had a chance to play football? I should say at the next level. I mean, it's it's kind of funny, but uh, so my dad actually played professional baseball and played at Nebraska, the University of Nebraska. That's where I met my mom. And uh, so it was kind of a big, I was a big baseball kid growing up. And then in uh, eighth grade, I like really had a really good uh, football season. I, I uh, so when I kind of like took that next step as like a running back, a linebacker, and I was truly like the best player on the field all the time. And then it, uh, that spring, I was like, dad, you know, like, I, I don't think I want to do baseball. I think I want to do track and like focus, focus to like get faster and, and uh stronger for football because i like i think i could do something with this and like it, it, it was a little it was a little like back and forth there he wasn't like super stoked about it but uh he was like you know like if if that's what you do i'm gonna respect your decision and we we kind of ran with it started kind of getting the weight room that that uh summer and running track and doing everything i could to play at the next level Wow. Okay. First off, Nebraska family. Then, are you a Go Big Red yourself? Do you uh, I mean, right. I'm obviously Boise State, I, I, but I, I root for him. Like I was, I was watching the Colorado game, hoping they knock him off, you know. But uh, my dad's been a fan for quite some time, so he's been through. He's been through the national championships, and then he's been through the last ten years where it seemed like they can't get a big win to save their life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, it's kind of heartbreaking for him, but I, I root hey. for. Him. Listen, I, I I just ask because I'm a huge like Buckeyes fan. Behind me, I have the picture of my dad and I last year at the Notre Dame Ohio State game. I'm a big Buckeye, even though I'm a Boise State alum. I've been an Ohio State fan my whole life. I'm not even from there. I just I'm from Boise. I just loved Ohio State my whole life. Right. But um, I went to the Ohio State Nebraska game back in 2019, I believe it was 2000. Yeah, it was 2019, and it was in Nebraska, and that's why I was asking because that was one of the best fan bases I have ever seen a game with, like 90,000 plus just loyal fan base. And I was like, okay, I have a massive, their team, their program, it's kind of struggling a little bit, but they, as a fan base, they're phenomenal, which I think anybody over here in this neck of the woods could probably take note of. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe, uh, they, uh, maybe they not complain about $20 tickets. Go ahead. What? Sorry. <laughs> they haven't had uh, much success. I think they've sold out like 250 straight games or something like that. So that's really just a testament to them and that program. And like, obviously like the volleyball match that was there, like the 90,000 people come to a volleyball game, which is insane. So it really does speak a lot of volume to, to their crowd and the people that got over there in uh, Lincoln. Heck yeah, dude. Like I said, man, like when I went to that game it was Ohio state. So of course the tickets were going to be more expensive. It's like $190 face value for the tickets. And like, I, I think I spent like two forty a piece for my tickets over there, right. my wife and I, so about 500 bucks for the tickets. And, they don't complain about that. And then I, I come over here. I mean, this is my alma mater. I used to have season tickets for like eight years at Boise State. And like, 
I'm like, dude, people are complaining because they're $40 tickets. I'm like, okay, like, come on now. We yeah. Got, we got things, but I, I won't make you, I won't make you talk too much about I, that. Cause I feel bad. I just, I have to sound off sometimes. $70 tickets. I saw people complaining, but the, the crowd was awesome on uh, Saturday. That, that place is probably the loudest I've ever heard it. It, it was rocking. So yeah, so, they, they showed out, they showed out, give them credit. And we will get to that. I want to talk to you about the atmosphere here in a little bit, but you, you said something Tyler about um, that, that's stemmed my interest here in this conversation. And it was multiple sports, you know, come from a, a family, a baseball dad, you know, and you play football track, baseball, like all the stuff. What would you say to athletes now in today's day and age that are in high school and they're wanting to compete, wanting to compete at the next level um, about playing multiple sports or just focusing? Cause there seems to be a lot of focus on just one sport earlier on in life now, just because of club sports and how prevalent they are. But I kind of want to know your opinion on it and like how playing multiple sports helped you in the sport of football, which you're now competing at at the next level. I mean, yeah, at, uh, at our school, like uh, they uh, really encouraged us to play another sport. Like it was kind of expected in the spring if you weren't going to do like golf or baseball, it's kind of expected for you to do track and just like do something athletically. And uh, I could I could speak for like most of the guys on the team. Most of the guys on the team are uh, two or three sport athletes. They, they almost all of them played basketball. You look at Austin Bolt, he was good at everything. So I, I, I don't think. I think it's just like another opportunity to, for you to like show your athletic ability. You know, e even uh, these coaches that they'll look at a hundred time and give a kid an offer. If, if he's like a running back or a wide receiver, ju just cause he can run a sub 11, a hundred, you know? So I think it's just like another opportunity to help yourself get recruited and whatnot. Heck yeah. Now in, in high school, you mentioned like that eighth grade to ninth grade ish area is kind of like, I mean, you started putting time in the weight room early on in high school. Like you're, you're putting time in the weight room. What's uh I guess, what was your weight lifting routine like? Because I always tell my athletes, Tyler, I coach basketball, but I tell them, I'm like, the weight room matters. It doesn't matter for, if it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever. You got to hit the weight room. Like, it's going to make a difference at some point when your body starts to mature. And I'm curious, what did you notice in your game when you started hitting the weight room? How did it improve? And what was your, your workout routine like on a day-to-day -day basis as a high school athlete? Well, it was actually funny. So after after uh, I decided like I want to be a football player, like my dad's like, okay, you gotta start working out. We would actually, you gotta meet my dad sometime. He's an awesome guy. He, uh, we would actually get up at like five in the morning every morning before school in eighth grade and go go to the YMCA over there in Caldwell and go like work out. It started. We started off at first like I was just swimming. Like he like we didn't really start listening until I was like going into high school. But uh, I was doing a lot of swimming, a lot of like uh aerobic stuff like plyometrics a lot of jumping explosive movements and so that's kind of how i was introduced to like working out and uh i i just went from it from there the the strength coach at uh at skyview was uh coach bravo he's at cuna now he he, he was an awesome coach he uh he he took me in I, I was lifting with the varsity guys like my freshman year because i was a bigger stronger kid expected to play some jv and varsity so i was lifting with the varsity guys uh we would do all like the the normal like your main list like squat bench, clean. I'd say the biggest difference probably between uh like high school and college programs is uh college like it's a lot of focus on uh, explosive movements like we do a bunch of cleans, bunch bunch of hip thrusts, bunch of like short movements that like almost translate over to the football field and short short bursts and stuff you know. That. Um, is interesting. And you mentioned the strength coach Skyview has been known for having some strong people over there. Um, Skyview has yeah. got like a great lifting program. Strength coach has always been good over there. Um, did you notice that in high school, um, uh, making a difference on the field being oh, stronger and stuff? 
Absolutely. I mean, my freshman year, I think I was like 180, 185. And then like my uh, sophomore year when I was the starting running back, I was like, I was like 220. Like that was like really like kind of, yeah, I kind of like matured, like hit like puberty. So you could say, and then like, I, I, I hit the shit out of the, hit the, <laughs> hit the hell out of the weight room, you know? And uh, that definitely helped. It, I, it, it was amazing just to see like that next step that I took and like how much like my body was matured, even, even then more mature than those older guys, you know? Totally, man. Yeah. So I hope the people who are listening, especially the young athletes and the parents, listen to what Tyler just said right there and take note of that. Maybe rewind it and listen to it again. Like it does make an impact. And sometimes everyone's going to mature at a different time. Their bodies will hit like their, their, their puberty and their whatever at a different time. And some people are late bloomers. Some people are younger, but like if you start building that foundation, what's wild is like once your body starts to hit puberty and it starts to mature, if you've already built that foundation around with it, it's unbelievable the the difference that hitting the weight room consistently can make for you. I, I just want my athletes to know that, that I coach and anybody else who's listening to this, pay attention to that. You can be all like basketball players, football players. You can have all the skill in the world, but at some point you've got to be able to put the muscle on and be able to, to continue to compete. Cause as you get older and get into the higher level of football or basketball or whatever sport it may be, they're also bigger, stronger, faster. So eventually your skill itself will be neutralized by some of those more athletic individuals and stronger individuals. So you've got to be able to keep up with that and give yourself an advantage. Now, Tyler, in, in high school, Oh, go ahead. The other thing I want to add is, uh, eat. Like I really like that next, that next step that I took was, uh, I really focused on like what I was putting in my body. And like, I, at, at one point I was having like six or 7,000 calories a day. You know, I was every morning I'd make like seven eggs, two potatoes, just stir them all up, throw some, some sort of meat in there. And I would chow down on that twice a day, you know? So there, there I was really focused on like the meals and the, the nutrition that I was getting. And that also helped me take that next step. That's huge. If you can become disciplined at that at a young age, like making sure that you understand how to eat properly and like get the right amount of food, like eat a lot, but eat the right foods with it. You dude, you can, your strength can skyrocket. Oh yeah. It's unbelievable. And obviously proved to, to be the case for you. Now looking at high school, if you just rewind the clock and just kind of think about your high school experience, what was your favorite memory in football in your high school days? Um, two that really stick out to me, like uh, my junior year, uh, we, I had never beaten BK and then, uh, it was, uh, it was for the conference championship his last game of the year. And, uh, we ended up going back and forth. It was, it was, it was a long game and, uh, we beat him on a game winning field goal as time expired. So that, that was one. And then obviously, uh, on my senior night when I had like 650 yards or whatever and seven touchdowns, uh, against Meridian that, that, that was probably my second favorite one. So crazy. That's been a well-known game. Um, but statistically and everything, you just were unstoppable. 600 plus yards. Talk to us about that. Like, how does that, that's like video game numbers. So I, I want, I know it's like, I don't want to make it sound like we're uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite, like going back in time and look at high school, but it is a pretty big accomplishment. So I want to like talk about that. I got a lot of high school athletes that are listening to this. So what was it like that night where you just couldn't be stopped? Yeah. Like, uh, about halfway through the season, uh, we uh, kind of just—it it was kind of like we had to, we had to make a change because we got, we had gotten blown out by Bora. Uh, we were in a close game with Centennial. It was just—it was a big jump because we were in four A, went to five A, and then like it was about halfway through the season. Coach said you're gonna like touch the ball like forty times a game and play defense and do everything, you know. And uh, I, I kind of just embraced the challenge that I like. I took it upon myself really to do my best. And then that game. Uh, 
you know, it, it was it was weird. You know, most times if if you're uh, going crazy like that, you get pulled out in the fourth quarter because you're whooping up on them. But I think the final score was like eighty to like sixty five. Like it, it it was really it was really like a back and forth game, and it, it, all of it was needed. So like I embraced it. Like we we would score, they would go down and score, and then it was like, all right, we're right back to it. Uh, I think I had I had like a bunch of uh, explosive runs. Uh, that was a game where I really like had had a lot of second level breakaways and stuff. And it, it was an awesome experience for sure. That's crazy, dude. It, it reminds me of a football game. I think it was West Virginia and Baylor back in the day. I think it might have been Geno Smith, but I, I don't know. But Geno and, and RG3 were playing. That's when they had that, like the 70 to it was like 1500 yards of total offense between the two teams. And it was wild. That's what it kind of reminds me of those video game numbers and that's crazy, dude. Super cool. I, I, I want to talk about that transition from high school to the the next level. But before that, Tyler, talk about the recruiting process. So high school athletes, the ones that I coach, I mean, there's a lot of like kids that like get really nervous because they don't understand the recruiting process and what they need to be doing, um, how they can get exposure and everything. So I want to ask you, someone who's been through this process, and it might be a little different than some people, but I want to know like, what it was like for you during the recruiting process and how you made your decision to then go over to where you're at now. So like my recruiting process was actually like super like frustrating and disappointing. And, you know, like I, I was like almost positive. I was going to like have a D one offer after like my sophomore year, I started on, on offense and defense and had, had a good year on both sides. So I was like, you know, like if I take the next step, my junior and senior year, I'll, I'll obviously have one. And like I, I did, I did really, I really took that next step my junior year and then even my senior year. And it, it, it was disappointing. It, it was the, the two things were you're too slow to play running back and then you're too small to play linebacker. And so like those, those were the, the, the two things I was getting told by all the big coaches. You know, I had, I had a few NAI offers and a couple like D2 schools that want me, but uh going i i had a couple official visits i had an official visit to idaho and they just offered me a walk-on spot and then i had an official visit to idaho state and i remember it, 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 it was so frustrating uh everyone on the official got an uh, offer except for me and i was like super like upset with them and i was like i was like i don't even want to go to idaho state anyways but i just i just wanted that like feeling like of an offer and everything so it, it, it was kind of like a no-brainer. Like, Boise State, uh, had obviously, I, I went to their camp and everything, and we had been in contact forever. And so when they gave me the opportunity to walk on, I, I was I jumped all over. I think I told them on the phone. It wasn't even like – I was like, I'm coming. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna come prove myself. Like, I'm going to come work really hard. Like, it, I, I didn't even, like, have any second thought about that. So, yeah, that's pretty much how my uh, thing went. I think, I think a big – big thing that kids should avoid are like these like showcase camps. Like, I, I don't think there's like, at least for like football sense, like the camps that like really matter are, are like the school camps, like the boy state camp and the Washington camp. And like, th th those are a few of the camps that I went to the BYU camp. Like those are like where I've seen like most kids, like the Bora kid, the Bora kid came to the boy state camp, uh, this summer and was just dominating these uh the bishop gorman was there and he was just dominating these guys on the line and he he left the camp with an offer and and it, it's a full contact camp too so they could you could show your physicality and i think uh those are the camps that the kids should attend Ooh, that's huge thank you for sharing that that's yeah. that's big time 
that's the stuff that I want people to take note of and and listen. That's why we have these guests like Tyler on our show that they've been there and they understand what happens. And you know what's interesting? Um, your story, like I said, it's a little unique because it's not like, oh, it's a fairy tale. Like, got my offer over here. Like, you had to go through some struggles in the recruiting process and frustrations. How did you stay patient during that? Or did you? I mean, I'm sure there was, uh, you're pissed. Like, that's natural, but I just want to know how your mindset kept going there. Um, like my, yeah, my mind was all over the place. I mean, Boise State offered me that walk on spot like a week before, uh, signing day. So like literally a week before sign day, I, I had, uh, no idea where I was going to go to the school and like all like other people in the Valley were already committed and signed on the early signing day. And, you know, I, I, it, it was a really frustrating process, but I think it's just like driven me and like, is always kind of been like my reason why. And my drive is just like, not like I don't really care about proving other people wrong. It's just like prove to myself that I'm like capable of all these things. And uh, yeah, I, I was going to go probably to snow college. I was going to go the Juco route. That was, that was my uh, plan. And then from there, like when boy state offered me, I took it and I've ran with it. Heck yeah, dude. And walk on spots. Like it's tough for some people. So this is where I want to kind of get into that transition phase of high school to the collegiate realm. Walk-ons are awesome, but then, now you got to prove yourself, right? Now you got to, you, you're walking on, now you got to get the spot. Now you got to get on the roster. Now you got to continue to work. Like it's, it's, it's not a guaranteed spot. None of them really are, but you know what I mean? The walk-on spots always right. like a chip on your shoulder. You've got to always put in the work. You got to be ready to come mentally and physically as, as frequently as possible, man. And so going from the high school route to now being in college, what would you say was the biggest transition? Um, was it athletics? Was it academics? Was it everything trying to like transition from that life to that life? Because yeah, you're in a you're a walk on now. You have a little additional pressure on you. I'm curious, what was the biggest transition for you? Um, I would say that probably the biggest thing at first, just for like any freshman, is uh, the schedule. The schedule is like really tedious, and like the days are long, especially it, once the uh, season comes around. They kind they kind of own you, and then you have to go to study hall. You have to go to class, and uh, that that was the biggest transition for me. But like speaking on like the whole like walk on spot. It, it like became a point to me where like, like I was at one time I was like so worried about like getting on scholarship and everything like that. And then it became the point where it was like, I'm just trying to get on the field like that. That will come like if I worry about this every single day, like, you know, it's, it's going to end up eating me alive. So I, it was more like I was worried about like getting on the field, getting playing time, making plays. And when, when I came in there with that with that mindset of just like prove myself every single day and like er, ultimately earning a role on team and everything that that's when the, the scholarship came and it, it just like happened to be so sick, dude. Yeah. So sick. Um, did you notice any difference in the speed of the the players? Because um, one of the things I, I remember talking to a friend of mine who played professionally over in Italy for football, but he was talking about when he went to like, it was like a rookie mini camp for the chargers or something. He was a safety at Idaho state back in the day. He went to school two years after I did. He's when he graduated from Meridian. But anyway, he was talking to me about like even the rookie mini camps, like he knew he wasn't going to make the team or anything in the NFL, but he's like, these 300 pound linemen were like pulling. He goes, why are they running so fast? Like they shouldn't be able to run that fast. Like that's that he'd never seen that before, even at Idaho state, like obviously it's just a different level. So I'm just curious at Boise state, did you notice anything as a running back, like the speed of the defense, the speed of the offense, the speed of everything, or was it kind of like what you had expected? Um, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's definitely like a slap in the face almost like it's, it's crazy. So I, I came, I came in as a linebacker and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the scout team defense 
And I'm seeing a guy like Khalil Shakir every single day, like lining up against him. And he's just unreal. Like never seen a guy move like that. Like his body control in the air was just insane. I, I Like I remember like he made a play and I was like, holy shit, this like college football. <laughs> and, and, and then, like you said, uh, these uh, these linemen that they have, they, it's not it's not like uh, any slugs or just some overweight guys. These guys are athletes. You know, I uh, we were playing uh, like some rec, just some rec uh, basketball. And that that that's crazy, like playing with your high school friends, like rec basketball. And then I was coming to play rec uh, basketball with my teammates. And there's this lineman that like went in between the legs and dunked it. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, like this <laughs> 300 pounds and he can jump out of the gym and you know they're, they're really well athletes i mean ben dooley he's a he's a starting guard on our team and uh he was like a four-time state wrestling champion he, he he's probably can run up to 19 20 miles per hour it's it's crazy seeing how uh athletically gifted some of these guys are so that just kind of points out though like the athleticism at each level it just gets higher and higher because now you you've got like everyone is a D1 football player, right? Like they're at some level, they're every one of them. So that none of them are like terrible football players, right? Everyone's at different levels, but they all belong on the field. And so you're like, whoa, whoa, every level gets better and better, which means you got to continue to prepare and prepare and prepare. And I want to know like from playing linebacker and then also, you know, now running back, how has that, like knowing the defensive side of the ball, how has that helped? Because I've seen a lot of running backs actually transition to linebacker. As a Buckeyes fan, Steel Chambers is a running, a former running back for Ohio State, but the running back room was so deep for him. They had some NFL running backs. He's now moved to linebacker. This is a second-year linebacker, and he's phenomenal at it because he understands, he sees the game. But I want to know from the opposite side, going from linebacker to running back, how has that helped you? Because I would imagine it's given you some sort of an understanding of where defense you know, alignments are and what their tendencies are and stuff. Absolutely. Not only that, but just like as I've gotten older, just like – understanding football more you know like kind of kind of when you're a, a young guy you're kind of worried about like your job and like what you have to do but now like as, as i'm getting older i i know like the difference in coverages i know like when we're going to check a play and why we're going to check a play and i think it just ultimately like boosts like my confidence like and and the ability to like go cut it loose because that that that's probably the biggest thing for an athlete is just like playing confident and playing loose and because and and that transition has come from like just spending hours and hours in the meeting room and spending time with the other running backs, watching film and everything. And just no, yeah. Well, ultimately like we, we watch so many, so much film on like another team in a week, we'll probably watch 10 hours of film on, on an opponent. And so, you know what, like their tendencies are in one-on-one -on -one pass rushes and you know, like where the hole's supposed to be, you know, as a running back, it's kind of, kind of reactionary and things don't always go as planned, but just like watching and knowing those tendencies of like different players and defenses, like help you play confidently and fast. Super awesome, man. Uh, the film study, I wanted to talk to you about that too. Um, film is a huge thing, especially at college football. Uh, I talked to Keikoa Nawahini back in the day on the show and he talked about like, that's what helped him a lot is learning how to study film, but he had to learn how to study film. It's not just watching it. You have to actually learn how to study. It's hard like watch film and actually like apply it to your game um, from film study. I guess, what is it like for you? You said you watch hours and hours of film. How do you make sure you take the most or make the most of the opportunity to have the film there with your guys and actually make sure that you're taking applicable notes that can be applied to the, to the, to the field. I think uh, the biggest thing is just like, kind of like putting myself in the situations. Like, so it, it's first and down, it's the start of the game 
we were, uh, they have the play, they have the, the defense set out there. And I, I kind of like put myself in those in, in here. Like if we had this call on, like, where's the O-line sliding? Where are my eyes supposed to be? What's the situation? If it's, if it's third down, if, if it's the logo, the shot zone, if it's short yardage, like what's going to change from a defense. And I think understanding, like putting yourself in their shoes and really understanding like the situations and when it could come. Cause like you said, like, just watch the films like what watching a watching a football game you know unless unless you really dig deep into it and like put yourself in these situations and go through your play calls and stuff then it, it can not be beneficial i like that you basically just visualize it and put yourself there that's super cool man um i'm not sure if you can actually give details on this because you're a current athlete on the team but i just maybe just talk about the differences in a playbook when i had a i had brad johnson former nfl quarterback on my show um and he talked about like the the differences in the playbook from college even to, to the nfl just like the different calls and how complex they were and you were just the reason i bring that up is because you referenced like where does the offensive lineman slide and i just want the casual people to know like the general fans just like people athletes are definitely not just stupid jocks that's the whole thing like what tyler's just saying there like nobody would even understand that like like the offensive line slides here, they'd be like, what does that even mean? Like <laughs> those are the things that are like second nature to you. But I'm just wondering, like maybe you can't give up. If you can, it'd be cool to see like what a play call sounds like from a college perspective compared to a uh, high school perspective. But if you can't just talk about the differences in the playbook and like learning the playbook and the different checkdowns and everything that goes into a play. Well, yeah, like, uh, like our, our play calls are like super long, like on offense. They're like, they're like, seven to ten word play calls and like it's formations it's motions it's shifts it's like adjustments it's the o-line protection calls in there and then so especially as like a young guy like like breezy he's a young running back i tell him like for him literally worry about like what we have because you know like watching the whole thing like especially as like a guy who's not like hasn't been around as long. It's like, it's super complicated and super difficult learning. So like there, uh, usually there's like with running back, there's two or three keywords in there that like help, like tell you what to do. And uh, that, that's what like I used to focus on. I, I could listen to the whole play call now. And like I said, like, I know where, like where the wide receivers are going and like, it helps me like know where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. Dude, that's so crazy though. Like, I just wish, I just remember Matt Hasselback, who was a former NFL quarterback, once said on a documentary he was doing, he said he used to read his playbook to his daughter uh, when he got drafted to the NFL because he could, he was like, there's, I didn't understand that. He's like, it was so boring. It would put her to sleep as a night, but that's how he like would study his playbook. It was like super thick. And he's like, there was like so many different terminology. Every playbook's different, but like you were saying, everything's different. You got receivers who have to go through their stuff. You got to got, yeah. Offensive linemen, you got motion calls and then you got check downs. You got everything. It's crazy, dude. Um, football's and, complex, but yeah. And, uh, another thing is like checks. So the, the, they'll signal play in and then it's check and then they're signaling a whole other play in. So if the first play gets checked and, and they check it, then you have a whole other play that you're supposed to have remembered from the call. And, uh, speaking on it is just like, it, and and it, it's easier to do it in a practice and like a controlled setting and stuff. But like when you're out there and there's 40,000 people yelling you and you have 20 seconds to get the call, get lined up, get your eyes locked into where they're supposed to be. It, it's a process that it, it really, it really takes uh, time to practice and learn because it, it's a, it's something second nature to me now, but it, it's something tough to learn for younger guys. 
Oh yeah, for sure. That's, and that's the great stuff to know, man, because I want people to hear that, you know, Tyler, you mentioned the 40,000, you mentioned just being in a stadium, you know, I, I want to know what your first time was like when you actually got on the field to take a, a game snap. Um, and what it was like for you, like it's different than practice. And I want to know how did you, were you able to calm yourself? Did you feel like, Oh, this is where I belong. It's just a football field. It's just this, or was there a time where you were like, Whoa, this is, this is a little bit different. So, uh, my freshman year, uh, I got in on like a, like four, you get to play four games. I got to play kickoff on four games. And that, that's like, it was kind of just all chaotic. It's just, you know, it's go run down as fast as you can and go, hit someone and everyone's screaming and th that that was super chaotic but uh my second year my first snap at running back was actually crazy my first snap was they called a screen pass to me and i i, I was a little nervous and uh heart harson's over there he's like no no time out time out and, and we, we ended up calling the play and it went for like 20 yards it was it was actually awesome and uh like uh, ever since that moment, I, I've, I've been like, you know, this is it's just football at the end of the day and just play the game. But yeah, definitely in, in the huddle and stuff, uh, your nerves and anxiety can for sure take over if you let them. So you just have to be able to control that and whatnot. Super awesome, man. What's the best stadium you, you've been able to go to or play in since you've been at Boise State, in your opinion? Uh there's there's a few awesome ones, you know. I hate to say it, but BYU has a really awesome fan base. It's super loud. Uh, I remember can't even hear what the quarterback's saying. We have to go on silent cadence, you know. It's it's crazy. BYU was awesome. Washington was really cool, and then uh, I'd have to say uh, UCF. UCF was a uh, the bounce house. It was awesome. UCF was well, that was a tough game for y'all too. I mean, delay and everything in in, in that one, but the atmosphere had to be sick. So super cool, man. Um, grab my charger really fast. Oh, you're good. You're good. Let's go in here. All right, let's keep going. Cool. Cool. So I guess, you know, at the time of this recording, um, which will launch this week, but people will listen to this you know, weeks and even months after this interview, because they'll probably see your name pop up and they'll be like, oh, I want to listen to this interview. So at the time of this recording, you're in the middle of, well, you're at the beginning of the season at Boise State, um, currently coming off of a loss against UCF at home, last second field goal. Uh, but my question for you is, Tyler, at the, at the time of this recording, you know, you guys are rallying up, getting ready for your next game early in the season. I want to know what it's like for a college athlete to have to handle the pressures of you hear everything on the outside. But you like you guys are putting the work in here. You trust each other. How do you how do you stay the course uh, when you have a rough start to the season and you hear all this noise on the outside? That's the mental aspect of sports that I really want to ask you about because that's an important piece. There, the season's not always going to be undefeated. I hope people understand like to go undefeated in a college football season is extremely difficult at whatever level you're in. So like it's not always going to be peaches and cream. You have to be able to stay the course and, and trust each other even when the the outside's chatting and doing their thing. So. How do you go about doing that? What is what is it like to try to stay the course when the season hasn't started the way you guys wished it would? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it just comes back down to unity. Like like you said, uh, people don't understand like the preparation, the hours, and the there's hundreds of thousands of hours between all the players and all the coaches and all the support staff that go into just one week of of trying to win a game. You know, so, so just being able to like lean on each other during these times. Cause you know, like, like coach Harsa called it, you got a bunch of twitties out there that, that, uh, that sit on their couch all day, you know, turn on the game. And uh, it, it sucks that we have lost the first two games, but I think uh, 
just getting back to work, honestly, like it, it, it really does suck. Like, you know, it's not the way we expected the season to start, but they're like, our goals are still ahead of us. So we can still win the conference and still win a bowl game. And so like, we just have to have to stay the course. Like you said, I love that. Um, easier said than done. I'm sure, but it's some for, I hope people that listen to it, like, cause this episode will launch on Friday. So when you guys are listening to this right now, watch the rest of the season pan out because you know, it's, it's just interesting to see teams that go through adversity early on in the season and see how they like continue to build most of the times in, in college football, you know, you don't get a preseason. It's not like the NFL or anything. You don't get a preseason. It takes three or four games to get into your full groove most of the time. And unfortunately, like sometimes it starts great and sometimes it doesn't, but I would love to, I can't wait to see where Boise state's at in like mid October. That's where I'm like looking for I'm like, Okay. Let's see how we build off of it. There was a couple of years ago. Um, I hate referencing Ohio State when I'm talking to a Boise State guy, but Ohio State, you know, they lost a big game. And I remember their center, Billy, he uh, he was known for it. He came into the locker room, he pulled them all together, and he said, hey, listen, everything we still want is right in front of us. I'm going to go get myself a big ring. They wanted to still win the conference, and that's what they ended up actually doing that year. And so you still win a conference championship. There's a lot of things that are ahead of you. It's just like, how can everyone stay together? Um, it starts with the leadership, and then everybody did together. Now that brings me to my next point, Tyler is about the brotherhood aspect of sports, especially football. When you're going through adversity, there's going to be even players not asking for names or anything, but there will be players that are, you know, down. There'll be players that are up and there's players that are neutral and, and everything. But the brotherhood aspect is what like really pulls people together. Can you talk about the brotherhood aspect of football and what it, what it's shown you and like the unity aspect of it all throughout your, all of your years playing football and how that actually helps pull you through these tough times? Yeah, so uh, it's actually awesome. I've I've heard a bunch of stories from uh, other guys that transfers and stuff that like it's kind of turned more and more like in, in at some schools like it's all about me and it's all about like what can I do and what can I provide like for myself and they kind of spend time with each other at football and then they kind of go home. But at uh, Boy State, we really do embrace the brotherhood and spend time with each other outside of the facility. You know. Even when the freshmen first come in, we we go do a bunch of like team bonding activities and go take them out on the weekends and show them around the city and try to get them like involved because like like you said like with tough times hit it it comes back down to like each other and the people in the room you know it doesn't doesn't really matter about everyone else or what everyone else thinks and uh, I think it it proves like the strength of the brotherhood when, when uh, adversity hits you know everyone everyone can be happy when. If you're two and zero, if you're undefeated, you know. But uh, when all these trials and stuff hits, it, it comes back down to like trusting and leaning on each other and building that unity that like we we've been through so many things. I mean, shoot, we uh, the decks that we do in the summer, it's like it's like the hardest thing that we do. Like, if anyone ever, anyone wants to try it, I I I ask you to try it. We run on the bleachers. The last day we run like twenty three of them, and it, it, it's it's a grind and. Uh, it's just awesome, like doing that with other people, you know, like if you're doing that by yourself, it's just like super crappy and like super tiring. But it's awesome just knowing that like you've struggled together. We go out there in uh, January at 6 a.m. outside. We have uh, this thing called mat drills and it's like 10 degrees outside. We're out there with our shirts off, running around, tug war, like all these different drills and stuff. And uh, it really does like like. I've uh, met so many people that uh, are, are going to be in my wedding and be like friends for life just through the sport of football. It's awesome. Like the connections that I've made through, through this program through the last five years. So sick, man. That is so cool to me. And I think that you hit everything that like, I could even ask for as far as like the, the unity aspect. I mean, 
I've heard about the decks. I, I mean, I've talked to a lot of football players and stuff that have gone through Boise. I've heard about running those. That sucks. I, that makes me want to vomit just thinking about it. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, the, the, just going through those types of things. I don't think people who've never competed in sports at any level will understand that. Like there is something about the locker room unity, the, the brotherhood aspect of it or sisterhood. If you're in the, you know, the, the girl side of things, it's, it builds this unity, this, this camaraderie. And like, that's why when you get into the season, you, you lean on each other, you trust each other, you do that stuff. And then even outside of football, it's much bigger than just the sport. So with that being said, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the five years at Boise State. I want to know what's next for Tyler Crow. Like what, what, like, I know you, you're focused on season right now. You got school, you got everything going on, but in five years from now, like if you could, in a perfect world, Tyler, what, what would we see Tyler Crow doing in five years from now? You think about five years ago now, like five years from that, what, uh, what will we um, see you doing? Uh, I, I don't really know yet. You know, I've, I've always thought it, I've wanted to be like a college football coach, but seeing, seeing like the endless hours that those guys put in and like the, the time they don't get with their families just cause yeah, like I said, their, their work weeks are probably 120 hour work weeks every single week. So it, it's kind of crazy. So I, I, I can see myself, you know, I, I want to get, get my master's finished. So I think, uh, I'm going to try to play another season. If not, I'll, I'll try to do some like GA position or something just to get my school done. But, uh, I, I, if I could work in sports, that'd be awesome. I want to stay around, uh, sport I love this is obviously what what I'm super good at and what I understand the most of so if I could do that in some aspect that would be awesome heck yeah man what about the uh, biggest life lesson that football has taught you biggest life lesson that football you know it, it, it we, it's funny we kind of say it just uh you know I feel like uh, everyone we love football so much but football doesn't love you back you know like I think uh you really just have to stand on like who you are when uh trials and tribulations come up because if you ask anyone that their career hasn't been perfect there's been losses there's been injuries there's been times where you thought you were going to get to play more but like the coach went with the other guy and uh i think it's just staying true to yourself and being who you are always and uh that's what you can stand on because as soon as like you lose yourself then it's hard to get back that's huge that is something i would i'm going to snip that and put it on social media but i would totally re recommend all of you who are listening to this rewind that one and listen that's a big one so thank you for sharing that and i guess uh to, to kind of wrap up the interview tyler i want to know about like your favorite like so you probably played with a lot of players so first i'm going to start with like a coach a coach that you've you know been coached by who stands out to you as a good mentor and what that lesson was or what what you've learned from a good coach and then i'll ask about the player side but who's a coach that you've looked up to and what was the thing that they taught you that really stands out um Probably my last two running back coaches, Coach uh, KB and Coach Winston, they uh, they still text me to this day, like, good luck in the games. Me and Winston have gone out to lunch a few times. And uh, I think I think they just, like, a few things have shown me, one, how to be a man, you know. And then Winston really, like, it, I was a younger guy. He showed me what it meant to be a Bronco, you know. There's a lot of things going into, like, being a Bronco and being part of the brotherhood. And, like, once you're a Bronco, you're always a Bronco. And so – it was really awesome for him, like take me under his wing and show me uh, what that was all about. Because if there's someone who loves uh, Boy State football more than anyone, it's Winston Venable, and uh, he's a, he's a, been a huge role model for me. And also KB, KB, still he he he, te he texted us after the loss, and he's a super awesome guy. He obviously really cares about us, and it, it shows. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and uh, a teammate of yours, if if you could 
you know, point out, I'm sure there's tons, but if there's a teammate of yours that has stood out to you and has helped you in some capacity, who would it be? And what do they teach you? Um, probably, probably, uh, he, he plays BYU now. It sucks, but, uh, Isaiah Banya, you know, me and him, uh, came in together. We're in the same class and, uh, just, we, we, we went through like so many things together, just like even on the weekends playing football, doing, you know, spent so much time around each other that we kind of, it's weird. I feel like in high school, like you grow up around around your friends, but like once once you get to college, it's like becomes you're like adults. So like you're like really kind of figuring out who you are and figuring out like what you're about and everything. And uh, I think he he like helped me uh, become the person I am today for sure. That's so awesome, man. I freaking love hearing these stories and just hearing it from you. And I guess the last question I'll have for you, Tyler, is. If you can think of someone who who is the toughest opponent that you've played, whether like a player, like if you can, if that they stand out to you from a game that you've been in, um, and what stood out to you about that opponent? Um, best player. I mean, shoot, I I uh, was on offense at the time, but uh, Zach Wilson just freaking had a different way around him. You know that whole BYU team when they were top ten in the country and. Uh, he, 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 like, you know, a lot of people throw a lot of hate on him, but I saw it firsthandedly. He put up 50 points on us on the Blues, so I think he was a really good guy. And then uh, I forgot his name. He's uh, He uh, transferred, but uh, the safety for Fresno State last year, number 32, he didn't play in the first game, and it, it made a big difference when he was back. He, he was a guy who was, like, all over the field, was in the run fit, was in the pass fit a lot, and uh, he definitely made, made a big difference from that first time to the second time we played him. Dude, that's cool. Give us some yeah. shout outs to some guys, you know, Even yeah. Zach Wilson, who gets a lot of, a lot of hate out there from the media, uh, yeah, but the ones he, who've been there, talented, man, Zach Wilson is a talented guy. I hate to say it though. I, I mean, Hey, it, though, but he <laughs> it's is. respect though. Yeah. It's respect. And that's what I think it's cool. That's why I'm glad that I got to have you on the show, Tyler, because you know, you're giving a perspective from somebody who's been there, whether it's like within your own team, you hear the people on the outside making noise or you're giving respect to somebody else who on the outside, they're making noise about them. Like, you know, you, you've been there, you've experienced it. I love how the ones it's like you said, Harson said Twitty. It's like the ones who've never been there are the ones who chirp the loudest. And it's kind of right. funny to me how that always happens. Right. They're right. just talking heads. You've been there, you know it, and you give the respect where it's due. I appreciate it, man. So I just want to say thanks, Tyler. Thanks for joining me for the show. I know it's busy schedule for you. You got season going on. You got all the school stuff going on, uh, but I appreciate your time and, and willingness to share. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any advice anywhere we can follow you uh, throughout the rest of your journey? Um, uh, last thing I'll leave you with to like any of the kids listening in high school is, uh, always bet on yourself, you know, like there, there's gonna be a lot of people doubt a lot of people, you know, even, even like our team right now, there's a lot of people who doubt us and everything, but, uh, really just bet on yourself and, uh, you'll be successful in life, man. It's really, it's really what I've kind of lived by for a long time now. And it's helped me a lot. I absolutely love that. Thank you. And that's a perfect way to end it. So I'm just going to say for all those who are listening, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one with, uh, with Tyler Crow, uh, Boise state football player. Uh, keep an eye on it. If you guys are listening to this while the season's still going, which I hope you are, make sure to keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on the stories, see how they grow throughout the rest of the year, see how they handle adversity. We're looking forward to it. And for anybody who's new to the channel or new to the show, just hit the subscribe button on whichever platform that you're listening to it on. And if you have an iPhone or an Apple device of any kind, just leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help this show get out to more and more people. That's how we've continued to grow it. And as you guys know, every Friday we're coming to you with another episode. So take care. 
Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.